you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom and we've got something slightly different for you this week. As I think we mentioned on the last episode, busy few weeks for Josh and I, not just in terms of producing Park Rush content like other shows and vlogs and things like that, but also in terms of life beyond Park Rush. I know it's hard to believe, but life beyond Park Rush does in fact exist and so for the podcast this week we're we're doubling up killing two birds with one stone so to speak and you are about to hear an audio version of our recently launched weekly video news show called in the loop the thought behind that if you haven't caught on to it yet was that the podcast has obviously been dominated by trip reports and things like that over the last few months so lots of weekly thing park news that we would normally talk about had been passing us by so we launched this new show on our youtube channel and that's where we've been talking about the big news of the week uh, this week is episode four. Now, it normally comes out on Tuesday, so you're getting kind of a double bonus here. Not only are you getting it a day early by listening to the podcast, because this has still come out on a Monday, but in addition to that, you are getting the audio version, obviously, by listening to this, something that is normally only available to our fine Patreon subscribers. If you go to Park Rush uh, on Patreon... You will be able to subscribe to our lowest tier. Uh, it's only a pound, and that is how you can get in the loop as an audio show with its own dedicated RSS feed. So if you enjoy In The Loop today as an audio podcast and it's something that you'd like to stick with, if you're not a video person, if it just doesn't suit your lifestyle, then perhaps that is something worth checking out. Uh, this is likely to be the case for the next two weeks, so In The Loop filling in this week and it will fill in next week as well and then we should be back to normal where we have a podcast and In The Loop running concurrently and by the time the podcast gets back to normal in a couple of weeks we will be deep into Euro Rush trip reports, theme parks like Europa Park and Fantasialand and Efteling, so that will be very exciting, so do look forward to those. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this uh, taste of In The Loop, if it's your first time listening to it. Uh, if you, of course, want to go back and watch the video version or watch previous episodes, you can do so at our YouTube channel, which is at links.parkrush.com. That's also where you can find a direct link to the Patreon page. I'm going to stop babbling now. As I say, enjoy In The Loop, and we will see you next time here on the Park Rush Podcast. Without further ado, I think we should just get into it, Josh, because like I say, there's some there's some cool stuff to talk about this week, potentially. Yeah. We'll start with the Lord of the Rings. Oh, boy. I would say cue the music, but I don't want us to get uh, taken yeah. down from YouTube. So Attack on the Hobbit to Isengard. God, God, God. Watch it, Josh. Jesus. Watch it. Da, 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 da. So that's enough. That's it. We'll, we'll that's it. We're done. We're yeah. done. No, you can't even hear the rest of what I'm about to say now, unfortunately. Uh, we've been muted, I think. Anyway, Lord of the Rings. Long been a dream thing park project for many, I feel. I don't know how old you were, Josh. Could you even talk when you first started dreaming of a Lord of the Rings land at a thing park? 
when you're uh, still goo goo gagging back then. Yes, you know, Lord of the Rings already in my mind was the ideal theme park location. Uh, I hadn't seen or heard of Lord of the Rings at that point or theme parks, but you know, I could I could feel it. Yeah. Well, there's long been talk, hasn't there, of whether anyone might look to pick up the theme park rights specifically to the Lord of the Rings. Uh, since certainly the, the, the films originally came out, Universal has long been, I think, uh, people's preferred choice, especially since we've seen what they've done with Harry Potter. Yep. But at least for now, in something of a twist, the theme park rights have been snapped up by somebody else. Now, as someone who tries to stay across kind of video game news, the yeah. company known as Embracer has become somewhat familiar to me in recent times. They've basically been going around snapping up just about anyone who bats an eyelid at them. And they've now somewhat out of left field picked up the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, not just theme parks, but of course, video games, but also uh, to make movies, to make TV, basically everything, but the any books, sort of, right? It's basically any sort what of form bought. of media. Yeah, I think so. So any sort of theatrical productions, merchandise, as I say, films, TV, theme parks, video games, uh, that's all down to embracing now, which is, which is wild. Really, yes. uh, we're looking at this version of the story from Variety, and I don't know about you, Josh. I don't think Embracer are known for theme parks. I think they're basically just known for video games for the most part. Yes, uh, I guess they're trying to they're they're expanding into uh, the the thing here isn't specifically theme parks, I guess, but is they have no. bought the whole of Middle Earth Enterprises, which is a holding company for basically everything. Lord of the Rings, Hobbit related, other than the original literary works, but any like uh, spin-off literary works, uh, the films, uh, TV show, like short TV shows. So I don't think the Amazon show counts weirdly. Um, there's some weird stuff around that, um, but yeah, anything anything else other than the books is now is Middle Earth Enterprises, and that is now Embracer. It's been embraced. Yeah, indeed, yes. And you know, if you don't, if you've not heard of Embracer, and I wouldn't necessarily blame you, unless perhaps, as I say, you, you're a keen follower of video games because they've been snapping up various studios and franchise rights for a while now. Some of the notable recent acquisitions have included, I believe, the Tomb Raider rights. So they've got those now. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that's certainly a video game franchise that has penetrated the mainstream in the past. In terms sure. of just to mention, you know, quite how and why they've suddenly got so much money to throw around. They're a Swedish company, but they've had a major investment from Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which, again, has, you know, you'll, you'll likely be familiar with them. If you're a sports fan, for example, they've invested big in things like F1 and also football yeah. in the past few years. The Newcastle United. The Newcastle. Yeah. A lot of controversy around their takeover of Newcastle. My understanding basically is that obviously Saudi Arabia, in terms of their economic weight, have obviously been heavily reliant on oil. And as they seek to kind of diversify their economy, slash, uh, you know, 
score some PR wins, I guess you could say cynically. <laughs> they have started to use this this kind of vaguely named public investment fund to kind of go out there and basically invest on behalf of the government or the kingdom yeah, and, uh, you know, stick their fingers in plenty of pies and, and via Embracer um, or, you know, by investing in Embracer, they've, they've allowed Embracer to have enough financial clout to go around and do a load of these deals. So, yes, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings thing part rights were kind of last on my sort of bingo card for what they might pick up. And uh, it, it's it's kind of weird, but I don't know if we should therefore expect the Lord of the Rings thing part to crop up in Stockholm or somewhere. That would be... Yeah, I wonder if actually this maybe makes a play for um, a Saudi Lord of the Rings. Oh, gosh. Park. Imagine. Right. I, Imagine. I mean, it's hotter than Mordor over there, <laughs> so they they could they could build something that would feel pretty at home. Yeah, it'd be weird. The Hobbiton would would be in indoors, and then Mordor mm. would just be outside. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, just based on a quote in the article from Variety, I actually think the what might end up happening it would would potentially be far more predictable in terms of the discussions that have gone on for years about where Lord of the Rings might eventually end up so far as a theme park land. Uh, we've got a quote here from Lars Wingerfors, I'm going to go with, the right. founder and group CEO of Embracer. Blah, blah, blah. He's very happy to have bought Lord of the Rings. Who could have guessed? I think the key quote, however, <laughs> is, I am thrilled to see what lies in the future for this IP. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Going forward, we... We'll also look to uh, we also look forward, sorry, to collaborating with both existing and new external licensees of our increasingly stronger IP portfolio. So he's not specifically talking about Lord of the Rings necessarily there, but basically putting it out there that they would be willing, whilst they own the rights to 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 the things they've bought, um, they would be happy to kind of externally license those out so yeah again in a way that we've seen plenty in the theme park space obviously universal for example don't own the harry potter rights but they did a deal with with warner brothers with the approval of jk rowling to to win those rights they obviously essentially had to make a pitch and to me that last bit of that quote almost sounds like an invitation for someone to make them a pitch yeah and uh, so perhaps that end up happening maybe you know peter jackson maybe he wants to make another film i know based on some of the silmarillion works maybe something like that i don't know he would potentially have to go see them and ask them for the rights now um and obviously if universal wants to build a park or a land then they'd have to go and speak to embracer to get the rights there uh if someone wants to do a short uh television series like maybe i don't know Amazon wants to do a spin-off of their current show, which is just like a one-off series. They'd have to go and talk to them um, and things like that. Mm. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, you know, it's just another step along the way to everything that exists being owned by about five companies. <laughs> yeah, right. Which I don't think is healthy, of course. But, I mean, to me, what's also striking is how relatively cheap these rights appear to have gone for. 
you know, they they snapped up a load of stuff in one big two billion dollar go, I believe. And I think the Middle Earth Enterprises is is believed to be a fair chunk of that. But I don't know. I mean, you think about how much other major franchises or you know corporations that essentially only exist as a as a house for certain big franchises i'm thinking of things like lucasfilm and 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 whatnot over recent years or relatively recent years i don't know i I almost would have expected this to to go for more than that but yeah i mean you think of like i don't know like minecraft going to microsoft or um any of the recent Mm. purchases in video games two billion for lord of the rings seems quite cheap you know that doesn't even fill the hole in the Cineworld balance sheets. Yeah, well, Cineworld will be absolutely desperate for Embracer to get a move on on a new Lord of the Rings film trilogy. Please. I'm looking forward to having my uh, Embracer Unlimited card soon. Uh, they're oh, the, gosh, they're yeah. the only people that could afford to buy up oh, Cineworld. Yeah. Maybe they'll just buy up Cineworld, yeah. It's uh, Lord of the Rings 24-7. Mm. Yeah. Oh, interesting times, as yes. people like to say about the absolute terrible times that we live in. <laughs> but, you know, if if we can at least get a Lord of the Rings theme park uh, out of somebody before the world burns, then yeah. that's something. It's, sorry, Freemode and Asmodee, I assume, are video game studios that they have on board. I don't know if you know that. Um so they're the two companies I, that are working on the IP with the IP already, right? I yeah, sh- the, the Lord of the Rings rights of—it's—it's it's weird. It's like they've been playing hot potato with them for a while. They've ended up in all sorts of strange places over the last few years. Like it felt like there was a fairly uh, concentrated strategy back in the kind of the peak of the movie days, like the early two thousands. It was like. Right, so sort of New Line and Peter Jackson are working on these films. You had EA making the video games. The books were the books, and that was basically it. Yeah. And now you've got, you know, now they're all over the place, obviously, because you had sort of Warner Brothers put out the Hobbit films. You've got Amazon making their show. You've got video games coming out from all over the shop. Yeah, Tolkien yeah. Estate and Warner Brothers had that litigation over the rights to the films. Um, that mm. was settled out of court uh, in 2017, as the as this article says. Um, yeah, it's all a bit. New Line Cinema is making a new film called uh, The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim. Um, that they announced last mm. year. So it's all, all up in the air. Interesting. I did not know about that. No. Another film I didn't know about. Oh, well, Big Thunder Mountain. What a segue. What a segue. Thanks very much. We move on to deadline for this story. So Disney obviously have been getting back into the thing part movie game, which has been great for people that don't know. uh, This must have been two or three years ago at this point. But as part of our podcast, we made our way through what we thought was the entire history uh, of thing park films, a history which based on the quality of those films, we did not expect ever to be added to. Because basically, it was like, well, Pirates of the Caribbean is pretty good. And then it was just a real sad state of affairs from there on out. Yeah, We went through such films, such absolute delights as The Haunted Mansion, The Country Bears, Tomorrowland. What Tower else was Terror. there? Tower of Terror, starring Kirsten Dunst. Um, that Mich- Mission to Mars. 
Mission to Mars, yes, with uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think there were others. There were more than I would ever have anticipated. More than more maybe. than you want. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, yeah. it's, it's less than I want, but the quality was less than I want. Anyway, they they clearly started to kind of explore how they could maybe get back into this space. We got Jungle Cruise last year, which was was decent. You know, it was it was fun enough. I think you know a sequel was expected, given that that did pretty well for them both at the cinema and obviously on Disney Plus. Uh, we know that there is a Haunted Mansion reboot, remake, reimagining in the works as well. So. You know, fingers crossed, I guess, for that one. I believe there is a Tower of Terror film in with, with Scarlett Johansson Yeah, because that was on the rocks, way. right? Because of the Black Widow nonsense. Oh, yeah. You're right. I can't remember, though, I mean, if it was a case of her starring. I think it was her production she was house. producing she was a, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she may well end up starring in it as well. But right, anyway, the theme tune, I think sing they, the theme tune. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that, that that will probably end up happening. And now Big Thunder Mountain, which comes a little bit out of left field for me. I mean... Yes. I, well, I, there was that... Um, what was that film with Army Hammer and... Uh, well, yes. I, uh, Johnny Depp, The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ra- The idea behind The Lone Ranger was that they were then going to rebrand Big Thunder as a lone... The, the film was going to be so successful off the back of how good Pirates was. That they, they were going to rebrand Big Thunder as a Lone Ranger ride, mm. um, and then it sucked. Like they put a lot of money into like building a really good like a uh, train that could, they could then put in front of Big Thunder, like for the film that they could then put out front of Big Thunder as like a this is a proper film prop that is now in the park and it's going to last forever. And then the film flopped, and <laughs> that idea never happened. Thankfully, I think. But uh, yeah, now that they've gone, well, why don't we do it the other way? Well, why not make a film on the ride instead? Yes, the the whole thing has come full circle. Yeah, it would seem. I mean, look, there have been some great films set on trains in the past. If they just make, I just saw Bullet Train a couple of weeks ago, which I didn't think was great. But conceptually, but, I was kind of into it. Just a load of assassins, hitmen end up on the same train together and sort of slaughter one another one by one. My, just that. On on a big Thunder Mountain train would most be a curveball that I could get behind. Most of the train films that I can think of are bad. Are not great. Yeah. What, what are the train, train films are you thinking of? Murder, Polar on, Express? Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, uh, Polar Express. Uh, Limitless. Not Limitless. Unstoppable, I think it was called. Uh, take uh, The Taking of Pelham 123, is it? The which is uh, the 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 remake was awful. Apparently, the original was really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, Snake, I've no idea. The, the there was this weird uh, remake of Snakes on a Plane, but it was like Snakes on a Train. Really? Yeah. That's, is that true? I think that's like a Sharknado. The Sharknado guys made it. <laughs> I just googled it. Two point two on IMDb. <laughs> One of the suggested images that comes up on the Google search is absolutely extraordinary. I don't know if you want to try and... If you Google it, you'll see the one I mean of what appears to be a snake swallowing a train. Uh, perhaps you could pull that up. 
because the people deserve to see it. Uh, while you do that, <laughs> uh, Big Thunder Mountain is going to be directed by a directing duo who are known as Bert and Bertie, who uh, I, I was unaware of, but apparently they worked on about half of Hawkeye, oh. Disney Plus series last year. Okay. I've got the picture up. Um, it's, a, it's a beaut. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. 100 trapped passengers, 3,000 venomous vipers. Oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. The stuff of nightmares or maybe dreams. I don't know. Weird fetishes out there. Yeah. But yeah, they're obviously in, you know, Disney's good graces. They obviously must have been happy with the work they did on Hawkeye. And they've got this gig now uh, to work on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you would say the same about. I mean, the thing with sort of Pirates of the Caribbean and even the Haunted Mansion to an extent, obviously they're not sort of rich. But there's not necessarily a very obvious narrative there, but there is enough environmental storytelling on those rides for you to kind of take plenty of inspiration and build something from there Yeah, that can at least feel like whilst you're probably going to take inspiration from other Haunted House films or other Pirates films as much, if not more so, than you're going to take inspiration from the rides themselves. At least there are very clear things you can pull from those rides. Whereas with Big Thunder Mountain, there's not a lot there, really. This one almost feels like more of a case of, well, we're going to make something that, frankly, is almost completely disconnected from anything to do with the ride, other than the fact that I guess there will be a train in it and we'll call it Big Thunder Mountain. And it's almost more a case of the ride being used as a way of, trying to market the film more than actually being a significant part of what the film is going to end up being about. Yeah, I think like there's a sort of, you know, in Dis in the Disney worlds, in the Disney comma or Disney, I don't know what you mean, world, uh, not the park, but in general. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, it's There's this push towards building rides that are based on IP, but there are some classic rides that they just can't get rid of. And Big Thunder is mm. one of them. And so they're trying to, I guess, think about it the other way and go, if we can't go that way, we'll have to go the other way. You know, if if the mountain won't come to Muhammad, Muhammad will go to the mountain sort of thing. <laughs> right. Well, it's going to be written by Kieran and Michelle Mulroney, who are a husband and wife writing duo. Previous credits include Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. I like those. I like both of those films, and yeah. So do I. Frankly, why aren't they working on a third one? What are they? <laughs> them making Big Thunder Mountain just suggests to me that Sherlock Holmes three is even further away. Yeah, Guy, Guy Ritchie keep. I think Guy Ritchie last year said he was like starting to put pen, like starting to come up with ideas for the third one, but. Well, he keeps making Disney films too because he did Aladdin and now he's doing Hercules, I believe. Oh, God. Yeah. Hercules as in... Uh, he's, doing a re he's doing a live action remake of remake. Disney's Hercules. Right. Cause, yeah. uh, spoilers, but Hercules appears in the latest Marvel film, right? Latest Thor film. Yeah, I think so. In the, I think it's a post credit scene. I've already forgotten, to be honest. Um, and it's Brett Goldstein. Spoilers again, I guess. Apologies, everyone. Um, Brett Goldstein from... Most famous from uh, Ted Lasso. He plays the right. um, aggressive former player. He's a sort of, I don't know, uh, 
Uh, who's the guy from uh, Premier League football? The, the not Gary Neville, the other one that plays used to play for United. Uh, the Irish guy. Irish guy used to play for Manchester United. Um, does is on Sky Sports with. Oh, Roy Keane. Roy Keane. He's a he's a Roy Keane sort of character in right. Ted Lasso, but okay. he also is a comed- UK comedian. He does a podcast about films, and he's Hercules in the Marvel films now, apparently. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on. He's he's nothing to do with theme parks, Josh. Come on. No. We're a professional enterprise. Well, you know. They, We're on they, YouTube now. These people did work on Hawkeye, which is a Marvel series, so... The director. True, true. I guess. Uh, I hope that Hercules film is good. Uh, I love, I love nineties animated Hercules. Uh, Speaking I, of things, I hope go the distance. Universal has filed a patent for an interactive Pepper's Ghost, this one. which sounds very cool, actually. Yeah, very cool indeed. This comes from Thing Park Insider, written up by one Robert Niles. Of course it is. So I guess we should explain. I mean, I'm sure people know, but Pepper's Ghost is basically an old mirror trick that allows you to feel like you're seeing a, a kind of three-dimensional character generally right out in front of you. Uh, it's kind of a staple of theme parks. I think some famous examples include, of course, the Haunted Mansion. Yep. Uh, I even saw it at the Roman Baths last <laughs> year. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. Uh, Tara Terra does it. Yes, Tower of Terror does do it. I believe, I mean, well, I say I believe, I'm, I'm reading it from this article. I mean, there's examples of it in the Rise of the Resistance queue. I'm, I guess Ray is what they're talking about there. I guess she's a Pepper's Ghost effect. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, appearing as kind of a, as a hologram. Works very well there, actually. I mean, funnily enough, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because other examples, they're obviously not trying to present them as being a hologram. They're meant to be things that are actually there and then in rise of the resistance they're like no this is actually a hologram and who would have thought it works really well there uh anyway as i say this pattern is uh kind of theorizing that an interactive pepper's ghost could be a thing which you know i guess would be a way of cutting even more stuff (laughs) it's like if this had been a thing if this had been a thing that existed five, ten years ago, maybe the great movie ride would still be at Hollywood Studios because they would have just been able to replace all the cast members who uh, participate on the ride and yeah. just make them Pepper's ghosts and, and then be able to save money by doing that. But, oh, boy. yeah, this sounds, this sounds potentially cool. And uh, the system that is detailed in the patent... Um, can detect an orientation of a handheld device as well as a voice command by the operator of that device. From there, the system can select the visual effect from a plurality of options based orientation of that based on the orientation of that handheld device and the voice command. So, I mean, one application that is talked about in this article is dueling other wizards in you know harry potter attractions potentially could you do a? Oh, i guess you couldn't i was about to say could you do a handheld hologram but i guess you couldn't do that right that's a bit oh, too... like, like you're getting a bounty in star wars yeah those bounty pucks oh, yeah that would be cool wouldn't it 
think that's probably yeah. a bit too hard though, right? It, mm. There's there, like that's because that's more project like because it's projected, and the the puck wouldn't be big enough to store the Pepper's ghost effect. I wouldn't have thought. No, no, that sounds like far flung future sci fi type stuff. I mean. Yeah. I guess if you think about other stuff Universal has on the books right now, uh, that maybe it could make sense. Uh, Nintendo stuff, maybe. Pokemon, yeah. perhaps. Could you could you do something like with a, that? You could do like, like a battle, kind of. Yeah, like little Pokemon projections running around. Mm, that'd be cool. In the land that you that you can somehow you know that you can catch, for example, that could be quite cool. Yeah. And all this stuff, you know, when you sort of spitball it, you, you you do kind of stop yourself and think, am I talking nonsense? Is this all the stuff of sci-fi? And then you kind of think, no, actually, a lot of this stuff is 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 probably something that could be quite feasible. And I'm sure, you know, if, if someone who hadn't been to a thing park for 30 years turned up and rode Rise of the Resistance or something, they'd be absolutely blown away and think that you drugged them. So, yeah, it, my it, parents were amazed by it, so... Yeah, a lot of this stuff that sounds like the stuff of, of sci-fi, as I keep saying, we'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at, looking at as quaint in, in 10, 15 years, probably, if it's come to fruition. So, But I, I love reading about stuff like this. Like, even if this is something that doesn't end up happening for whatever reason, I just find it really cool that clearly this is something they've been prototyping long enough and thinking about for long enough to feel the need to file a patent, like what a cool job it must be to be someone who works at somewhere like Universal and just starts to come up with crazy ideas like Interactive Pepper's Ghosts. I just think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, like we, we've... Sorry, go ahead. Just like some of the patents I've been coming up with recently, like uh, this and the Harry Potter one with the, the magic coming out of the wands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they... Something, something really impressive stuff that they've been coming up with recently. Yeah, it's like on the one hand, I, I, I think it's like, well, I mean, these clearly, clearly, these people are absolute geniuses. Is it a waste almost that they are dedicating all their knowledge to theme park gimmicks rather than solving the world's problems? And then there's another part of me that is like, actually, no. <laughs> it's great that these people who are clearly extraordinarily intelligent creative choose to dedicate their entire career to making ultimately silly theme park experiences I, yeah for I think sure. that's i think that's great it, it brings enjoyment into the world for people to experience and enjoy indeed indeed uh, you know where somewhere that could perhaps make good use of interactive Pepper's Ghosts one day would oh. be Halloween Horror Nights, oh, Josh. Oh boy. I know. These segues have been absolutely on point today, if I do say so. Uh, we've now got the full lineup for Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights, which start in just a few weeks now on select nights from the 2nd of September. So that's exciting. Uh, we've got 10 haunted houses, five scare zones, and two shows. Uh, so there's a lot going on here and uh, there's a good write-up on orlando park stop we'll just do a quick whistle stop tour uh, we talked about the weekend of course a few weeks ago and that is one of the haunted houses uh, the weekend after hours nightmare 
You're also going to get one for Halloween, the horrors of Bloomhouse, where you might see things, well, you will see things such as the Black Phone. That's been one of their big releases this past year, the Ethan Hawke. Which you didn't like, right? Film. I liked things about it, but it very much felt like three different films going on at the same time. Like, I feel like there was perhaps a really cool limited limited anthology series almost to be made out mm. of the film to go straight to streaming or something like that okay. but i got a lot of tonal whiplash in a way i don't think it all came together in the same way that for example it did which i thought managed to kind of combine a goonies film with a with a with a horror film in quite an effective way, whereas this just felt like I really was watching literally three different films at the same time, and they never really came together in a in a way that I found particularly compelling. Yeah, fair. Uh, you're maybe, also going to get universe. Maybe it'll come together for a good uh, Halloween horror house, though. Maybe, yeah. I mean, Ethan Hawke, if they can get him involved, he was very good. Uh, so you know, <laughs> it t- turns he- up every night to go through the yeah. go through the maze. Yeah. It's a creepy mask he had on as well, to be fair. Yeah. You're also going to get Universal Monsters, Legends Collide, the Spirits of the Coven, Bugs Eaten Alive. Oh, oh gosh. I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. Fiesta de Chupacabras. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Hellblock Horror, Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake, The Descendants of Destruction. And then for your scare zones, you're getting the horrors of Halloween, Scarecrow Cursed Soil, Sweet Revenge, Graveyard Deadly Unrest, Conjure in the Dark. And then for your live shows, you're getting the Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire and Ghoulish, a Halloween tale. I thought that said goulash at first. (laughs) Goulash. It's just a big uh, swap meet sort of thing. Everyone just yeah. brings different dish together, different goulash, and uh, you can all have a taste of everyone's goulash. Indeed, yeah. I must admit, uh, I'm a little. I, I sound jealous because you know I'm, I'm not going to get to either of them ultimately. But the Halloween, the, the Hollywood version, sorry, has some Jordan Peele stuff. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, which, yeah. I, I would have been into. So, yeah, none of that. It seems at Flo- in Florida. Uh, but you are going to get some Jordan Peele in, in the Hollywood version. I think Us specifically is the, uh, is the film that they're they're going to build out into that's, some sort of Halloween Horror Nights. That's the experience. right one. Was that not Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando last year or the year before, something like that? Could could well have been actually. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. It might be that Florida already had it. But. Yeah. It's hard to keep track. Uh, there are really so many houses that it's hard to keep track of which ones they've done and where and whatnot. Yeah, an exhaustive lineup, though. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that there's no Stranger Things this year. Obviously, Stranger Things has really come back into public consciousness in a big way this year. So I, I think yeah, I'm a little surprised that there's there's not some Stranger Things here this year. They had the good. There was this series of Stranger Things has had some good elements that would make a good house as well, haunted house. Yeah, it's been the most horror. It's had the most horror of all the Stranger Things yeah. seasons so far. So perhaps next year it will come back. You know, I, I think next year it will be an off year for the show. I don't think the show mm. will be back for its final season until 2024. 
So, yeah, perhaps a, a, a Stranger Things Horror Nights experience, which draws on Stranger Things 4, uh, could be something that, that, that makes a, makes an appearance next year. But yeah. we'll have to wait and see. It is an exhaustive lineup. There is plenty there. So, uh, yeah, something that's on my thing pop bucket list, absolutely. For sure. That's going to do it, though, Josh. That's oh, everything. That's everything. For, for In The Loop this week, whether you've been watching here on YouTube or on the podcast feed, listening on the podcast feed, thank you very much for joining us. If you enjoy the show, please do subscribe and hit that like button. If you're watching on YouTube and want more, then the podcast feed generally is a good place to go. Uh, it is normally completely different content on there each week. If you're on the podcast feed and this is your first experience of In The Loop, then head back over to the YouTube channel to find previous episodes and plenty of other stuff on there as well, including the Euro Rush vlogs from our road trip of some of Europe's best theme parks. Those are coming out each week. They're so, they're so good. Very well edited. It's great. Absolutely. Uh, we We contracted a professional to do it at least. That's what I thought until I realised that actually Josh was doing them all himself. Uh, you can find all the socials at links.parkrush.com, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And if you want to get in touch with the show uh, here on YouTube, of course, you can just leave a comment down below. Or perhaps if you have something more detailed to say, uh, any questions, perhaps email podcast at parkrush.com. That's going to do it. Stay safe out there, everybody. And we'll be back with more next week. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.